Well, God, some of us may have come in here today with walls and mountains that we feel are immovable, insurmountable, unpassable. God, maybe we were bearing heavy hearts. Maybe some are coming in with worry and struggle, with doubts, with fears. And God, we know that you are the answer to those. And so, God, I pray today, just in the midst of the beginning of what we have celebrated through song, that you would speak to us, that, God, your spirit would move, that you would change our hearts. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I I really hope that as we dig in, we're going to dig into this new series called Overwhelmed, and the reality uh, of, of why I wanted to jump into this series is that there is a time and a place for everything. There are struggles, there are doubts, there are difficulties. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe some of you have faced mountains over the last couple of months. Maybe you've run into brick walls. Anybody ever hit a brick wall? You know what I'm talking about. That You just feel like you're going through life and then all of a sudden it just seems like this wall pops up, you hit it, you're done. You, you, it's almost like a surrender aspect. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I quit. I'm over. Matter of fact, I would even say this, that a lot of times the reason people give up on church and the reason people give up on God is usually they run into a brick wall. Something in their life popped up. Things are going great. Everything's fine. Something pops up. You hit the brick wall, and it's like, I quit. I'm done. If this is the way it's going to be, it's over. I don't need church. I don't need God. I don't need... And that's the reality that most people face. And so what I want to really dig into today, what we're going to dig in over the next couple weeks is really to ask this question. And, and I, I want to I be honest. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you feel overwhelmed in life? Okay, there we go. Okay. The reality is, statistically, as I study in this, do you know that 86% of people in the world will tell you I'm overwhelmed? 86. So you're not in the minority, you're in the majority. But what I want to deal with or what I want to dig into or get to the root cause of or get to the, to to answer this is this, how can I feel overwhelmed but yet at the same time continue to walk forward and really feel released? Because a lot of times you're going to feel overwhelmed. But even in the midst of overwhelming scenarios and situations, circumstances you face, is that you can walk through those overwhelming times knowing that you can do it in God's strength and in God's way. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and I know that this has probably been dealt with in the past. If you've gone to church any length of time, you've probably heard a sermon from the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. I'm going to have you stand with me as we read. Starting in verse 25, Matthew chapter 6. Go ahead and stand up with me. We're going to read. You can follow along on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. It's going to be up on the screen in front of you so you can follow along real quick. But we're going to do this. Therefore, I tell you, Do not what? Worry. Worry. (laughs) But it says specifically, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Matter of fact, the reality is a lot of us are worried about eating and drinking. We may say it's not that big a deal, but we're worried about finances and different things like that. It says, do not worry about what you will eat or drink, about your body. What you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or even store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Matter of fact, I would encourage you that you would even begin to memorize this verse. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour? Matter of fact, the reality is medical studies have shown that worry actually subtracts from your life. It shortens your life. The more you worry, the more problems you're going to have. All right? So, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about the clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run around after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You can have a seat. Father, we pray again that you would speak to us through your word today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I already asked you how many of you felt overwhelmed in life? How many of you feel like there's more coming at you than you could possibly handle? Matter of fact, most of us, I think, would say in this way that we are overwhelmed because we never have enough time. Matter of fact, my wife always tells me this. She's like, you need more lives because of everything you want to do. Because I'm always like, oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Oh, I would like to do that. She's like, you don't have time to do all those things. She's like, you, you don't have, you need more lives. So all of us can feel like we never have enough time. But maybe you are struggle financially. Maybe you feel like, look, there's more month than there is money. Maybe you dread going to the mailbox because all you're going to do is get another bill that you have no clue where the money's going to come from. Or maybe you dread answering the phone because it's some collector trying to call because you've become overwhelmed financially. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe you struggle. Maybe you've given up on love. Maybe you're looking for love in all the wrong places. We'll go with an old bad country song. Um, Maybe your marriage is struggling. You know, maybe you don't have peace. Maybe you're trying to keep the peace, but there's constant conflict, and maybe you're overwhelmed relationally. Maybe you're overwhelmed because of grief. Maybe the helplessness of watching a family member or friend deal with the end of life. Worrying, in reality, and this is just a rough definition I gave, worrying is feeling uneasy or overly concerned about a situation or a problem in your life that you really have no control over. If we were to say how many of you, maybe we said felt overwhelmed, and we said a majority of you here felt overwhelmed, but how many struggle with worry or how many have worried at any point in life? I think all of us in some way, shape, or form would raise our hand. You worry about a loved one. You worry about your kids. You worry, my kid's going to make the right decision. What are they going to do? How, you know, it's just one of those things. Ethan consistently, constantly talking about, Dad, I'm going to be driving soon. What are we going to do for a car? I'm like, wait, you got three years, dude. Hold on. But, but it already got me worrying about the three years that are going to be going by so fast because I know how fast three years went. All right? But worrying is feeling uneasy or overly concerned about a problem or a situation in your life. Liberty Mutual, matter of fact, I found this out. Liberty Mutual, the insurance company, did a report called the Worry Less Report. And they said 
that millennials worry about money, single people worry about housing and money, women generally worry more than men do, and often about interpersonal relationships. The good news is, though, that as everyone gets older, everyone worries less. So listen, if you're 13, the good news is you got a long time to go before you're going to worry less. And if you're older... You realize that, look, I ain't got much else to worry about now. I've, I've, I've done worried about everything. I'm just moving on. But I thought that that was ironic that most people, though, worry about something upcoming and really a possible negative outcome. Do you realize that's usually where worry comes from? We worry about something that's going to be in the future and the possibility of a negative outcome. Hear that out the possibility of a negative outcome. It's not that it is going to happen, it's that it could happen. The writer E. Stanley Jones says this, worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's troubles. Anxiety, on the other hand, so we have worry on one hand, we have anxiety on the other hand. Anxiety is a normal reaction to stress. For those of you who don't realize, anxiety is something that naturally happens when you're put under stress. It's a good thing. That's what feeds fight or flight, all right? It's this idea that anxiety, when stress comes upon, anxiety comes up. But here's the problem. A lot of times when we're anxious, when we deal with an anxiety thing, sometimes we may become so focused on anxiety that we let it control our lives. To the tune that, as I was told you, I was looking up over 40 million people in the U.S., who are 18 or older, suffer from anxiety disorders. And there's all kinds of things we can go into. You can go into OCD. We can go into anxiety uh, something disorder. I don't remember what all it is. But anxiety is more prevalent, listen, in developed countries, and it's even more so prevalent among women. About half of those diagnosed with anxiety disorders suffer from depression. So listen, And here's the thing I want you to begin to understand when we jump into this idea of being overwhelmed is that you can be overwhelmed by worry, you can be overwhelmed by anxiety, you can be overwhelmed by depression, you can be overwhelmed financially, relationally, time-wise. There are all kinds of things that come into our lives that we can be overwhelmed by. And what I want to begin to do is go, how do I deal with overwhelming feelings? See, I believe this, that our feelings at times are reliable. Is this a safe scenario or situation? Or is this an unsafe scenario or situation? But I also believe that our feelings and emotions can be at times unreliable and they can't be trusted to convey the truth. Worry is a feeling or emotion that comes out because we're not understanding or following the truth. See, our feelings and emotions will always lead us down this route. Feelings and emotions given to us by God, great things to be used for great encouragement, for love, for joy, but at the same time, those feelings and emotions can lead us into worry and fear and anxiety and depression and all of those things that we struggle with that we have no control over, right? If worry and anxiety come from future possible outcomes that we have no control over, what do we do with it? So here's the big statement. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this. Emotional health begins with a solid foundation built on the truth of God and acknowledging that He loves us more than we love ourselves. Did you hear that? 
Emotional health begins with the solid foundation built upon God and acknowledging that He loves me more than I love myself. I hope you begin to understand that because that's what we're going to see played out here in this scripture is that God loves you more than you love yourself. When the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself, you know the biggest problem we have is loving others like we love ourselves because we don't love ourselves. We don't see ourselves as God sees us. We don't give ourselves the benefit that God gives us. We don't even give ourselves the grace. We worry about everything under the sun because we doubt our abilities, our strengths, and in reality when we do that, we doubt God. So emotional health stems from a healthy acknowledgement of who God is, a solid foundation, and acknowledging that he loves us more than we love ourselves. So here's the question. How do I overcome worry? How do I overcome anxiety? How do I overcome depression and things like that? Now listen, there are things here that if you hear me say this, I, w- I want to be very up-, up front. I believe wholeheartedly that God can do what he wants to do in your life, but I also know that there are times where you deal with depression and, and different mental illnesses that you got to go see a professional. I would always tell you to go see a Christian counselor, a licensed Christian counselor who is capable of prescribing medications if you need them. Please hear me out. I'm not going to tell you you don't ever need meds. If you're a person who suffers from depression, I'm not up here going to tell you that you should never take your depression medication. I'm not going to say that because there are brain and chemical imbalances that just take place. But listen to me and hear me out very clearly. I believe under the licensed care of a Christian counselor who seeks God's word first and then the medical side second, you can always move forward to, to work through the depressions, the struggles, the anxiety. So hear me out. I'm not one of those pastors who's going to sit up here and if you just had enough faith, you would never have to take your meds. I don't believe that. Because if that's the case, then I would just have enough faith and I'd never get sick. I'd never get the flu. I never have to have surgery, okay? God gave us doctors for a very specific reason, but I believe that how you approach going forward with a Christian, a licensed Christian counselor, and if you ever need help with that, come see me. I know, I know places that you can go and see here in Kansas City. Great thing about Kansas City. We have licensed Christian counselors here in Kansas City that will meet with you, discuss God's word, and they will come right alongside you. Matter of fact, Justin, Justin Lark is one of our guys right here. I'm brag on Justin. Justin came to the Lord a couple years ago, been baptized. Justin's going to school right now at Midwestern Seminary. He's also got an internship now at Abundant Life Church down in uh, Lee Summit and is going, dealing, working with their counseling program. All right. Now, he's not able to do all that stuff yet, and I don't know that he's going down that road completely. I know we've talked a little bit, but we could point you in the right direction. Okay, We'll get you help. But so, emotionally, How do I overcome worry? Number one is this, and I believe we lay it out in Scripture. Start believing that God values you. Listen to what he says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? What is the point he's trying to get across? I value you, I love you, I care for you, I want you to know that I will always care for you, I will take care of you, you have to trust me, you have to follow me, you have to walk in my way. So how do I overcome worry? I have to start believing that God values me. The biggest lie today, in in, in today's culture I believe is this, that you don't have any purpose, any value, any meaning. 
That's why we have people running in every different direction and every we run to politics, we run to sexuality, we run to all of these things thinking that's going to bring me value and purpose when the reality is your value and purpose is wrapped up in who you are in Christ. Start believing that God values you. You are valuable. You are of something. You have purpose. Emotions. Remember what I said. Emotions are great, right? The ability to experience love. The butterflies you get in your stomach right before the first kiss or before you grab your girl's hand for the first time. I mean, those are, are great emotions. The heart fluttering that gives you this, just this sense of joy. But at the same time, think about what emotions do. Emotions also burn up with anger and resentment inside of me. My emotions allow me to run to fear and trembling over a situation I may be in. Emotions, while great, can also fail you. Matter of fact, I had a great conversation. I was down in Atlanta this week. I was with a couple guys. had a great conversation with another pastor, and I told him about how I just lost it. And I, how my wife, like, gets on me. <laughs> like, I say stuff sometimes. It's like just out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes the wicked nature inside of me just pops up. And I had a confrontation with a lady, and I mean, I just, bam, I put her in her place. And Sarah was like, oh my gosh, if I could crawl underground, I would. That was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> you know, make me feel really bad, because I did. I just, I was like, I'll show you. You know, I'm not the guy who usually keeps my mouth shut. I'm going to hit a problem head on. You know, instead of just ignoring it and walking away, it's like, oh, I'll put you in your place. And, I mean, I felt like an idiot. Nothing I could do to go back other than say sorry and, and ask for forgiveness. But those are things that we have to begin to understand. My emotions can get the best of me. See, emotions were given to us by God, but like anything else, when they're used in the wrong way, can become a problem. Listen, listen to this, and I want to continue to focus on what we see, but 85% of people worry about, of what people worry about never happens. Does that sound like a waste of time? If 85% of what you worry about never happens, why worry about it? Because that's our nature. That's what we run to. And listen, and with the 15% that did happen, 79% of the subjects discovered either they could handle the difficulty better than expected or the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. In other words, hey, you know what? It was a great lesson. I go back to our situation in our church six and a half years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was. Man, I worried about everything under the sun. And I still tell the story because here's why. I believe wholeheartedly without that story that I would have never done what I was supposed to do. Me worrying over a situation and circumstance that God put me in, that God allowed me to go through, led me to the place I am at today. If I hadn't done it, where would I be? Or if God hadn't allowed that to happen in my life, where would I be? So, was it hard? Heck yeah. Was it difficult? Yep. Did I worry? Oh, you better believe it. I lost sleep over it. You can ask my wife. Two weeks. I averaged like an hour of sleep a night for two weeks. Just fretting, anxiety, worry, struggle, fear. And I let it control me. And that's exactly how it happens in life. And so I have to begin to understand or believe that God values me. See, God's love for us is shown in his care for us. And you have to begin to go to this idea that you 
are of infinite value and worth to God. And, 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 and you may say, well, how do you know that? It's very simple. For you to understand your infinite value and worth is to understand or realize that what God did on the cross was not for himself, but was for every one of us. That when Jesus went to the cross, that was God showing that you are of infinite value and infinite worth, so much so that he sacrificed his own son. That's why when I hear people say, I don't have any value, I don't have a purpose, I don't have any meaning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, you do. That is a lie. That is the emotion that Satan wants to use. Matter of fact, if you're here long enough, you will always hear this. I believe that our emotions are the playground of Satan. And if you think about a kid on a playground, just think what happens. Oh, look, hey, merry-go-round. Oh, look, a slide. You know, it. What's a kid do when they go to the playground? They sit on a teeter-totter and just do that? No, they're all over the place. And I will guarantee you that in your life, when you allow Satan to run around in your emotions like a playground, that's exactly what he's going to do. And you're going to make decisions you wish you never made. You're going to follow a path that you wish you never went down. And so what we have to do is learn to take our emotions under control of God's word. That's why we said emotional health begins with a solid foundation built on the truth of God. My emotions have to be put in check by the truth of God's word, the foundation that I build everything upon the gospel, everything upon what God says. So I have to start believing that God values me. Number two, how do I overcome worry? I have to stop subtracting from my life. Listen to this quote from Corey Tenboom. Worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around a center of fear. Remember what I said about the merry-go-round? Worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts, in other words, useless thoughts, whirling around a center of fear. I have to stop subtracting from my life. If you look at verse 27, who of you by worrying could add a single hour to his life or to, to your life? You have to stop subtracting from your life. Medically, and I kind of referenced this earlier, to understand what goes on. If you go to WebMD and all these things, now I'm no doctor, but medically from that standpoint, when I worry and I deal with anxiety and everything else, do you realize that you are subtracting from your life? There are medical studies out that show that you will live a shorter life if you're a person who constantly deals with anxiety and worry. Physically, did you know that your body hurts more when you worry? You will feel it. Matter of fact, I go back to my two weeks, man. My, I was absolutely destroyed. No sleep. Working 40 to 50, sometimes 60 hours a week at my dad's shop. Still getting no sleep. Anybody ever been a diesel mechanic, you will know that physically your body is a wreck. And then on top of that, you throw worry on it. You're exhausted. And the more I worry, the more I subtract from my life. You can't add the hours. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm, over the next year, I'm going to start memorizing Psalm 139. I'd encourage you to memorize it with me. I'm going to memorize the whole psalm. But I want you to go to Psalm 139 if you want. Otherwise, I'm going to read it. But I want you to think, I, I believe Jesus would tell us that by worrying, we've added nothing, but we've only subtracted. See, chronic worrying can affect your appetite. It can affect your relationships. It affects your lifestyle habits. It affects your sleep. But listen to Psalm chapter 139. I'm going to focus on this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, starting in verse 7. Where can I go? 
go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're up there. Matter of fact, I got to fly back on Friday night. On Friday night, if, if I'm up in the heavens flying, guess who's there? God. If I'm on the far side of the sea, matter of fact, when I was in the day, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea. When I was in the Navy, this verse just lived with me because I felt like I was so far away from everybody else. But in the midst of that, I felt like I was comforted by God. So if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night, around me, even, listen to this, the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Listen to me, some of you feel like you're in a deep, dark depression. You feel like darkness is all around you, and listen to what it says, when I am in the darkness, when I feel like the darkness is hiding me, and the light around me becomes night, to God, the darkness will, be not, will not be dark, and the night will shine like the day. We have to begin to understand this, and we have to begin to stop subtracting from our life. And then if you jump down to verse 16, it says this, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. When you struggle with doubt and discouragement, and worry. How can you add a day when all the days were already ordained? Now listen to me, I'm not telling you to go out and jump off the Empire State Building. Because that's just stupid. Well, if God didn't want me to die, I wouldn't die. Oh, well, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm not telling you to go out and do whatever you want. I'm not telling you to put a gun to your brain, pull the trigger. That's not what he's talking about. What he's saying is that in the midst of everything, when you're in the darkness, that he is right there with you to be your light and he will walk you through those times. Why? Because all of your days were ordained by him. He will give you the strength. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. So stop subtracting from your life. Start... Listen again, start believing that God values you. Number two, stop subtracting from your life. The reality is when we worry, get this picture, when we worry, it's a lack of faith. When we worry, we subtract from our life. When we worry, we struggle with the difficulties of everything that we face because we're not trusting God. Worry and anxiety is a lack of faith. It's a lack of trust. So when we worry... We, we're really saying, God, I doubt you have the best in store for me. I just don't see it. And all that does is subtract from your life. And it's the lie the enemy wants you to believe constantly. If he can mislead you, listen to this, if he can, if he can make you doubt or worry about your calling and what you're supposed to do, he wins. If he can make you doubt or worry and stress over your marriage relationship and saying there's just no hope, it's not going to work, he wins. If he can make you doubt or worry so that you don't disciple and build up your kids, he wins. If he can create disunity and conflict, doubt and worry amongst the church body, 
he wins. All of those things are things that he wants to use to win. But we have to not let him win. Don't give him a hand. See, you can't add to your days, but you can add, listen, joy, trust, and peace. Listen to verse 17 in Psalm 139. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, you bloodthirsty men. And listen to me, there is a way that we begin to see how God plays out. But we have to see that God adds joy. He adds peace. We can trust him. We can trust his thoughts. Why? Because his thoughts are precious to us. So stop subtracting from your life. So you can buy into the lie that we can't control worry and anxiety, which is what everybody wants to tell you. Or you can understand the reality that worry and anxiety come from fear. Plain and simple. Remember what we said? The reason most people have worry and anxiety is because it's a future situation that they have no control over. And so we have worry and anxiety because we fear the possible outcome. Worry does not empty tomorrow. And I don't know who said this. I found this quote online. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. There is nothing you can do that's going to change the situation, circumstances of tomorrow when it comes to worry. Your worrying isn't going to change it. It just zaps you of today's strength. You can't control tomorrow, but we know who does. So stop subtracting. Start believing. Start understanding. Start believing that God values you. Stop subtracting from your life. And listen, number three, search for God's kingdom and his righteousness. Listen, start believing, stop subtracting, and search for God's kingdom. The idea of a search plays out what? I'm hunting for it. If I went out searching for a treasure, am I just going to, oh, oh, well, I didn't find it. I guess I'll give up. No. Search for God's kingdom. Seek God's kingdom out. Listen, listen to 1 Peter chapter 5. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. See, when we search for, we chase after, and we find God's kingdom on a daily basis, then we'll experience the peace of God in our lives. The reason why I believe most of us are dealt or or are struggling with worry and anxiety and fear is the reality is we don't search or seek after God's kingdom. We don't. Honestly, we don't. And here's an easy way to do this. I'm not going to ask you to raise hands or anything like this. Prioritize your life based upon the time you give to certain things. Now, I know if you work 8, 10, 12, 14 hours, that's going to be a big priority. But I want you to prioritize how much time you spend on social media, how much time you spend on TV, how much time do you spend reading, how much time do you spend talking to some people, how much time do you spend eating, how much time do you spend sleeping? How much time do you spend searching and looking and seeking God's kingdom? 
I would venture to say that most of us, if we were to prioritize everything, guess which would be the bottom? I understand work. Hey, I understand pray continually. I understand memorizing scripture. I understand, you know, having it in your heart. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I understand all that. I understand that there are going to be things that take a little bit more time. And you can find God in your work. You can find God in the midst of what's going on. You can speak about God to your fellow employees and things like that. But if we were to prioritize and have a list out, I would venture to say that 99.9% of us, based upon time, seeking and searching for God's kingdom would be the lowest. It would be the lowest priority. We have to search for it. Listen to verse 33, and I'm going to jump back over to Matthew chapter 6. Listen again, and I'm going to kind of finish up with this. Listen, everybody's going to round after, starting in verse 32. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But listen to verse 33. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. You hear what he's saying? The priority, when the priority is seeking God's kingdom, everything else gets put in place. When the priority is seeking God, understanding that God values me, God loves me, God wants a relationship with me, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that I could have a relationship with him, that I can go to Jesus with anything and everything I need, and he will answer my prayers when we ask according to God's will. I can understand all of those things. When I seek after God, everything else is secondary, but here's how we do it. I need money. I need a job. Well, I need a job. I need money. I need a house. I need a car. I need all this. And then we're like, well, I just kind of throw God in there. And everything gets turned upside down. And then we wonder why we worry. Because we don't go to God first, we go to God last. And when you go to God last, everything else is going to be the worry that's going to create the stress and the anxiety that you have to deal with. Whereas when we go to God first, and we let everything else be added to us by God, now we don't have to worry about it. Why? God's got all this stuff under control. When I work hard, searching and seeking after God, and He gives me a job where I have an influence, and I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I live it out in front of my neighbors, guess what? Everything else is going to be taken care of. I'll be provided for financially. I may not have a Maserati. We were down in Atlanta, man. I saw a bunch of those. I was like, dang, Atlanta's loaded. This guy's got Maseratis and Bugattis. We saw a Lamborghini and a Ferrari and a light right in front. I was like, Go to Alpharetta, Georgia. It's probably one of the richest areas I've ever been to. Woo! I was like, holy smokes. I was joking around with a guy, and I said, man, next time, because we had a Kia Soul rental car. I said, next time I'm getting a Corvette. We'll feel like we're at least in the lower section of that part. <laughs> I asked the lady when I turned to my car, I was like, how much is a Corvette a day? She's like, 150 bucks. I'm like, I'll stick with my $21. <laughs> I'll not spend another 100 whatever, 29 oh, nope, nope, that's not worth it. Um, but... All of those things will be added to you when I seek his kingdom. See, worry subtracts faith and trust in God and in God's purposes and promises. It subtracts peace 
It subtracts assurance. It subtracts joy. Anxiety subtracts hours of sleep and health and can cause various physical issues. Worry subtracts from your thought life. It can cause memory loss. It can lead to depression. Worry subtracts from relationships because it can spread worry and become frustrating to others. But listen to Philippians chapter 4, which Maria read earlier. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then listen to this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Carry this picture out just a little bit further. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, everything the world says makes sense. The peace of God says, look, don't worry about that. The peace of God will cover you when you Go to him in prayer. When you pray about everything, you cast all your anxiety on him and pray about it because why? The peace of God will guard your heart. It's going to guard your mind. It's going to transcend all the knowledge that the world has and it's going to let you not worry over the big things that you feel like you have control over when you really don't. See, the reality is that even as you grow older, I believe this, that we worry. We may worry less because we've had enough time to build a financial nest egg. We've had enough time to realize that our health is going down anyways and I can't control it, right? (laughs) Like when the doctor's like, hey, you got this problem, and you're like, well, I've had that probably for a while, but I'm just now starting to realize it. It's called old. (laughs) See, worry becomes less, but the reality is I also believe this, that I believe that as you get older, you begin to worry about life. What's the end of my life going to be like? Am I going to suffer? Am I going to struggle? Are people going to, am I going to remember? Are they going to remember me? And God says, don't worry about that. Search for my kingdom. Seek after me. All the other things will be added to you. Worry and anxiety work in opposition to peace. When you're worried, you leave little room for God's peace in your life. But when the problem is worry or anxiety and fear, the answer is prayer. When worry is present, trust cannot crowd its way in. But worry ends where faith begins. So when you worry, when you deal with anxiety and stress, I want you to remember those three things. And I I know I tell you to remember the one thing, but I want you to understand this, that when you worry, you have got to start believing that God values you, that God loves you, that God cares for you. Number two, you've got to stop subtracting from your life. All of us have to stop that. Because the more we worry, we're just subtracting from our life. And the last thing is, and I believe this is the most important, is that in everything that we do when we face worry, that we search for God's kingdom with everything we got. We search for God's kingdom and his righteousness, that we look for it as if we're looking for the greatest treasure on earth, because it is the greatest treasure on earth. Worry ends when faith begins. Let's pray. Father, we know, I know, 
that it's easy to stand up sometimes and preach about a difficult situation, God. But I know that today there are people who have come in probably with mountains or what they would feel like are immovable mountains. They're worried about situations in their life. They may have a circumstance that's coming up that just seems overwhelming and, and too much. And God, we know, we know that in our own power, we're just going to worry, and that worry is going to subtract from our life. But God, I pray that we would understand how much, we would begin to even see a glimpse of how much you value us and love us, so much so that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And we celebrate the fact that he did not stay dead, but he, with, with new life and new breath, rose again, offering us life. And so, God, I pray that we, in the midst of our worry and our fear would run to you. We would search for you. We would seek you out as if we were looking for a buried treasure because we want worry to stop and our faith to begin. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to close with a song, but if you feel overwhelmed,